something big here, and it affects all of you. It's the food pyramid, which turns out is a pyramid scheme. Big food has been buying off scientists to study some of their unhealthiest products and recommend them as a crucial part of a healthy diet. So now we have a brand new food pyramid where frosted mini wheats are healthier than grilled chicken. I swear. Primetime decided to dig into this little study today, and it was done by researchers at Tufts University, a safety school, and paid for by Fauci's cabal over at the NIH, the so-called National Institute of Health. It claims that foods we thought were healthy, like meat and eggs, are terrible for us and recommends replacing them with junk food manufactured by America's largest food conglomerates. See where this is going? According to these new recommendations, we should moderate our consumption of eggs, cheese, ground beef, and rice, and replace them with foods that are more profitable for the food industry, like frosted mini-wheats, cocoa puffs, chocolate-covered almonds, and peppermint lattes. What about clean, healthy proteins like chicken, beef, and shrimp? Well, they want us to cut back on that. Cocoa puffs are just as healthier than lean protein. Now the government won't tell you this, but most of these junky foods they're pushing also just happen to qualify for food stamps. And you can't buy healthy food with food stamps, but you can buy as many chocolate-covered almonds as you want. And so the guys over at General Mills and Kellogg's hear this, and they know their money for studies at Tufts, and grants to Dr. Fauci have paid off. So did they put these scientists up to it? And... What about the NIH? Did they sign off on this? Did Fauci? They won't comment. Tufts won't comment. NIH won't comment. Rich companies are paying for fake science so they can get richer and you can get fatter and the government is on it. And it's working nearly everywhere. Every school, hospital, prison cafeteria, they all get the same stuff and the same guidance, and it's not going to end here. Soon, we're all going to be eating frosted mini-wheats for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. What could go wrong? I can't believe he's eating that. So disgusting. Don't you ever think about what you're putting into your body? What? It's an orange. Fruit is basically poison. If you want to unlock its vitamins and nutrients, you need to drink it as cold-pressed juice. Okay. Never mind. Juice is bad for you now. Juice is basically sugar water, which is basically poison. Fine, I didn't want to drink it anyway. Wow, Trap, no fruit? I mean, you need vitamin C. How do you get it, then? You mix little packets of powderized vitamin C with water. Vitamin C is basically magic. In that, I have no idea how it works, and I believe it can do anything. <laughs> okay, Explain again why I'm supposed to drink this. They say it's healthy. Who? They. What is it supposed to do? Be healthy. How? In what way? There was a headline on an article that I didn't read on a website that I can't remember that said that it's healthy. Isn't that enough? No! Just drink it. All right. Never mind. All that processed powder is terrible for you. Why? Because it's processed. Ew. A process. You should only eat whole natural foods. Like this grain you've never heard of. Cargly, yum. Uh, ooh, cargly. Oh, yeah. Uh, I have a cargly recipe that you have got to try. What do you do? Because I tried it, you put a little bit of water. Guys, and can, I, guys it. You know, can I just eat my lunch? I feel like you're following fads with no hard science to back you up. What? What is cargly? 
Cargly has been recognized as a nutritious food for centuries. They found it in ancient Egyptian tombs. Tombs? Why, why is that good? Because it's old! Anything that old has to be right. That's why I swish my mouth every night with coconut oil. That's actually really bad. Never mind, I don't do that and I never have. The point is, Cargly's the best. Oh, nope, Cargly's the worst. It's loaded with carbs, meaning it's basically poison. Poison, great, got it, yeah. But coconut oil is good again. Really? No. Which is why I'm sticking with my broth. Oh, okay, well, I love soup. This is broth. It's different. How? It's healthier. In what way? In the way that it's not soup. Oh, actually, though, that is soup. This is broth. <gasps> oh, actually, both of them are bad. But coconut oil is good again. Never mind, it's bad. What's good is apple cider vinegar. And alkaline water. Those are opposites. No way. Grant, I don't think you should mix those together. Grant, Grant, no, 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 no. Someone didn't get enough vitamin C. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, if they will lie about your food, they'll lie about anything. And uh, just like this, 97% of scientists agree with whoever is funding them. This is disclosure. This is where we look at what's going on in the world, and we look through a biblical lens because the Bible is the truth. How many believe the Bible is the truth? Amen. So it's important that we uh, recognize that this is the lens by which we see the world. And so we're going to be talking about some very, very important things today, and I've got quite a bit of... uh, videos to show you just to back up because the reason why I'm showing you videos in this lesson is because I want you to hear it from their mouth, not just mine. And uh, they are very, very bold in this hour to share what they want to do, what they desire to do, and what they are doing. And as I shared with you um, last time, the enemy always wants to hide things in plain sight. And he doesn't get any glory unless he gets credit for fooling you. One of the main things that Jesus spoke about in the 24th chapter of the book of Matthew and the 21st chapter of the book of Luke and the 13th chapter of the book of Mark, he talked about the end times. And over and over and over again, he said, let no man deceive you. So we understand that in the end times, in the times that you and I are living in, is a place of wholesale deception, where we are being deceived on every front. But understand this, the reason why Jesus came, the reason why Jesus died, and the reason why Jesus was raised from the dead is so that you and I who believe in him would be filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus called the Spirit the Spirit of truth. And the Spirit of truth will lead and guide God's people in this hour. And we will know things that nobody else knows. We will see things that nobody else sees. And we will hear the voice of God in the midst of the white noise of this world. Amen? Let's look at Psalm 2. Psalm 2. 
This is our key verse that we're going to be looking at here. And I'm going to try to, you know, have a little uh, fun, okay, as we begin to do this. I'm trying to work this technology here. Okay, it says, Why do the nations rage and the people plot in vain? Why do the nations rage and the people plot in vain? Why is there such turmoil in the earth today? Why is there such pressure that is on the human race today? Well, it's not simply because who's in office or who's not in office. It's not necessarily whether you're a Democrat or a Republican. It's not necessarily whether you believe in liberalism or whether you're a conservative. That does not have any bearing on this situation. The reason why there is turmoil in the earth is because God has declared something. God has set something before the foundation of the world. And the rebellious earth is rebelling against God's design and plan. And what is it? Well, let's look a little closer. It says, The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel or conspire together. So we talked about conspiracy. Amen? I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I only believe conspiracies when they're true. Amen? All right, but I showed you last week that there is a wholesale conspiracy going on between Satan, demons, and human agents. Because Satan cannot do anything in this world unless he has a human agent in order to do it through. Because flesh has dominion in the earth. Spirits do not have dominion in the earth. Flesh has a dominion in the earth. And so there has to be a human agent that is used under the influence of demonic activity or under the influence of the fallen angels and Satan. It says, And the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, against the Christ, saying, Let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. See, they're desiring to get rid of all that God has created, the order that he has created. We want to flatline everything. We want to make everybody on the basis there's no authority, there's no structure whatsoever. We want everybody to be able to live their own life the way they are they, with their truth. But you can't have your own truth. You know, people talk about, well, this is my truth. No, there's no such thing as my truth. There's truth and there's everything else. Amen? And it says, let us burst their bonds apart. Let's burst, you know, the, the structure, you see, of marriage. Let's burst that apart. Let's burst this part. We can just have sex with anybody we want to. We're going to burst all of these things that God has set forth, all of these rules, all of these regulations. They're bondage to us. Let's break off from them. Amen? We're not accountable to anybody. We're accountable to ourselves. We're God's. We rule and reign in our life. We make the decisions. No one else does. And that's what they're doing. And they want to create an entire culture, an entire environment that is based upon that philosophy. A civilization irrespective of its creator. He who sits in the heavens laughs. Amen? What does God do? Is God wringing his hands? 
Is he upset over what's going on when he hears the secret things that are going on, when he sees things that you and I can't see? He sees it all. He says he laughs. And so what is the disposition of the child of God in this hour? Is it to be fearful? Is it to dig out bunkers and store food? No, it's to do what our Father does. Laugh. I said laugh. Hallelujah. Some of you need to stop watching CNN. Some of you need to stop watching. You're taking too much pills, man. You're trying to calm your stomach down because of all the stuff that you're seeing. You're not sleeping at night. Turn it off. He that sits in the heavens laughs. Amen? When they start wanting funding for a a new pandemic that hadn't even been released yet, what they're doing is they're just pre-ordering. They're just pre-ordering. You need to realize that God laughs and you should laugh. Amen? The joy of the Lord is your strength. Are you with me today? The Lord holds them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying this, as for me, this is the reason why there's conflict. As for me, I have set my king, my king on Zion, my holy hill. He says, you know what? I've already settled this. I've already settled it. You can rebel all you want to. You can try to make your plans and you can try to plot. But guess what? I've already set my king. I've already set my king. And guess what? The king is coming back. I said, the king is coming back. And that's what they're trying to stop. That's what they're trying to stop. Amen. I will tell of the decree. The Lord said to me, you are my son. Today I have I begotten you. The Bible says that in Jesus' resurrection, he was begotten as the son of God. He says, I will tell the decree. The Lord said to him, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession. Amen. Listen, Jesus is the king whose kingdom will never end. Man's kingdoms will always end, but God's kingdom will never, 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 never end. Amen. Now, I'm about to show you some videos here because we were introduced to the WEF. And how many remember those videos? And you're interested in the Klaus Schwab and Yuval Noah Harari, two of the main voices in the WEF, which is the World Economic Forum. These are unelected elitists that are dictating to companies and governments to take on the agenda of what the Bible describes as the Antichrist kingdom. Now, I showed you all of the 17 different goals that they have. And these 17 goals to the naked eye look like good goals. Who wouldn't want to be rid of poverty? Who wouldn't want to be, have, you know, health care for everybody and education for everybody? But we need to understand how they're going to go about to getting to that point. And it's going to create a surveillance society. A surveillance society in which everything that you do will be regulated by your government. And that is not where we want to go. And as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, we need to pray and we need to be Jesus in this generation so that we, listen, we can impede the slide. We can't stop it. 
but we can impede the slide. And the reason why the slide needs to be impeded is because we have family members and friends that are unsaved and do not know the Lord. And it's time for us to reach out like never before because the days are short. Now, most people were unaware of what was going on in these things. They, you know, I'm shocked. I've been in this now for about seven years. And, uh, you know, it made me miserable for, for many months. You can ask my wife. Because it just, you know, it just kind of took all the candy facade off of life. But when you couple it with the truth of God's word, you can begin to see that we serve a God that we can trust. A God that will hold us up. A God that will be steadfast and true in the midst of adversity. And no matter what we go through in this life, Jesus said, be of good cheer. He said, I have overcome the world and I have deprived it of its power to harm you. So we don't need to be fearful or afraid, but we need to be aware. And this is what the whole purpose of these messages are about, is awareness. So I'm going to show you, I believe, two or three videos here. They're real short, probably a couple minutes. But it's going to show you the mindset of the WEF in regards to you. Because they see you as useless feeders. Let me say that again. I'll say it over here. They see you as useless feeders. They believe they can keep you sufficed if they will feed your appetites. And that's the reason why when COVID-19 hit and they locked everybody down, the weed stores were still open. And the liquor stores were still open. And they hoped you'd get on your Google porn. Because they wanted to appease your appetites, thinking that would suppress the greatness that's on the inside of you. And I'm here to tell you, just as we sang today, there's a lion in our lungs. Amen? I said, there's a lion in our lungs. And you know what? We're the people of God. We don't need to tolerate or stand for that. Amen? So this is Klaus Schwab and Yuval Noah Harari. And these are the, one of the main voices in the WEF. They're having meetings, meetings about you that you don't know about. They're influencing companies. And in fact, the Great Reset was to close all the mom-and-pop stores down and force everybody to Walmart and Amazon. There was a transfer of wealth that happened in that three-year period. And there was a change in the cycles of what human beings do uh, community and, and do commerce. That was the whole point of it. It was to tear down what we had in order to build back better. Okay? Well, I don't know. I don't think they're building back better. Come on. High gas prices are meant to squeeze you, to make you want to go towards their directives which is electric vehicles, which they can regulate. Hello. Are we okay? Some of you are looking at me at a, like a cow at a new gate. Come on now. But let's hear from their mouths. Let's hear about the mark of the beast. Because for years when I studied the mark of the beast, there was variations of understanding as to what that was. 
Some thought that it was a tattoo. Many people, as time progressed, began to see, as computer technology began to advance, they began to see it as a computer chip. Now it's, it's there, the computer chip is part of it. But I'm telling you, what they want to create is a civilization that is hooked to the cloud. And I'm not talking about the cloud of God. I'm talking about the cloud of computer technology. <clears throat> they want you hooked into 5G, whatever G they're going to make. And they're going to, you're going to be upgraded in their eyes. You're going to become human 2.0. And the mark of the beast is an alteration of humanity into a form that man was never created to be. And that's the reason why it can never be repented of. So we've got to understand this stuff. We've got to look hard at it, not in fear. Because if you're in fear about it, I'm preaching it wrong. Amen? Amen? So let's watch these clips here. Now is the historical moment, the time, not only to fight severe virus, but to shape the system. We have a unique but rapidly shrinking window of opportunity to learn lessons and reset ourselves on a more sustainable path. It is an opportunity we have never had before and may never have again. So we must use all the levers we have at our disposal, knowing that each and every one of us has a vital role to play. Now is the time to think what history would say about this crisis. And now is the time for all of us to define our own role. What is it that would make it so that history would look at this crisis as the great opportunity for reset? The Great Reset is a welcome recognition that this human tragedy must be a wake-up call. It is imperative that we reimagine, rebuild, redesign, reinvigorate, and rebalance our world. Rebalancing investment, harnessing science and technology, and advancing the transition to net zero emissions, all elements of the Great Reset, are fundamental to building the future we need. The world's problems fit on three sides of a triangle. It's one versus many, man versus nature, and the unfortunate foundation is long-term versus short-term. We had already income inequality that was fueling income, race, gender inequality. We have a climate emergency, which we can't walk away from. There's no doubt that the very survival of the human race requires us to act. Any recovery stimulus should have green conditions attached to it. Energy prices should reflect real costs. You need private sector capital, private sector ingenuity, private sector technology, and private sector capabilities to come to the party. You need enormous trust between the private sector and the public sector for this to actually work. We have to change our economy dramatically in the next 20 or 30 years, and the next 10 years is absolutely decisive. The recovery has to be greener than any of the previous recoveries. And in order to do that, we need to ensure that the stimulus package, including fiscal and monetary, are much greater uh, than they were before. So we cannot waste this opportunity uh, to ensure that uh, the uh, very precious money that's raised from the next generation is spent on green and low carbon. We will now start 
a quite a high number of task forces to look at all the different issues and we will present all those ideas to the people assembled in Davos. But at the same time, we will make Davos very different, very open to ensure that we do not fall, uh, fall back to old recipes, but that we really look at forward-oriented solutions. Young entrepreneurs, especially for de from developing countries that are there and can see the right problem, can really step up and create solutions. Finding profitable solutions to problems of the people and the planet, and we're starting to see firms move to that, and we're seeing firms that behave responsibly in that way actually doing better on conventional measures of profitability and doing better in this particular period. We've also seen social entrepreneurs step in in incredible ways. Not only has it exposed the pre precarious reality, but then it has also exposed the opportunity to recenter the reset around the most vulnerable and those on the edge where um, it only takes something like a pandemic or um, difficult circumstances to slide into poverty. And then we need to couple that with new initiatives to equip more people with the digital skills they'll need, not just to have a tech job, but a job that is increasingly tech-enabled in almost every part of the economy. If we can empower consumers with all of this, I think we unleash this next generation to have a much broader impact more quickly. We can never again allow our health, education, care systems to be underfunded. We need our imagination here. Possible is being redefined each and every day right now. So the next time someone tells us uh, that tackling climate change is either too costly or too difficult. I think we need to remind them and remind ourselves of what just is happening right now. We not only have to demand change, but also create change. We have to live up to the expectations which we have created, and we will do so. What is dead, according to the World Economic Forum, who have also declared that Jesus is fake news, and that WEF leaders have acquired divine powers to rule over humanity. According to the WEF, a new one world religion has arrived and it unites all of humanity in worshipping at the altar of climate science, techno-communism and eugenics. If you find it hard to believe Klaus Schwab's WEF would go this far, you clearly haven't been paying attention to developments in recent times. Klaus Schwab's right-hand man, Yuval Noah Harari, has announced that the WEF has been so successful in its plans that it's acquiring divine powers of creation and destruction. The blasphemy doesn't stop there. Harari also promises that the WEF will turn humans into gods. Developing even bigger powers than ever before, we are really acquiring divine powers of creation and destruction. We are really upgrading humans into gods. We are acquiring for the, the power to re-engineer life. The WEF is also increasingly hostile to Christianity and other major religions. If you read between the lines just a little, it's clear that the WEF is consciously attempting to supplant Jesus. I mean, all this story about Jesus rising from the dead and being the son of God, this is fake news. Humans are now hackable animals. We don't need to wait for Jesus Christ to come back to earth in order to overcome death. A couple of geeks in a laboratory can do it. In the Industrial Revolution of the 19th century, 
what humanity basically learned to produce was all kinds of stuff, like textiles and shoes and weapons and, and vehicles. And this was enough for very few countries that underwent the revolution fast enough to subjugate everybody else. What we're talking about now is like a second industrial revolution, but the product this time will not be textiles or machines or vehicles or even weapons. The product this time will be humans themselves. We are basically learning to produce bodies and minds. Bodies and minds are going to be, the, I think, the two main products of the next wave of all these uh, changes. And if there is a gap between those that know to produce bodies and minds and those that do not, then this is far greater than anything we saw before in, in history. And this time, if you're not part of the revolution fast enough, then you probably become, become extinct. Once you know how to produce bodies and brains and minds, so cheap labor in Africa or South Asia or wherever, it, it simply counts for nothing. Again, I think that the biggest question, in, maybe in economics and politics of the coming decades, will be what to do with all these useless people. The problem is more uh, boredom and how, what to do with them and how will they find some sense of meaning in life when they are basically meaningless, worthless. My best guess at present is a combination of drugs and computer games. So we may be facing, in the 21st century, a completely new kind of inequality, which we have never seen before in human history. On the one hand, the emergence of a new upgraded elite of superhumans enhanced by bioengineering and brain-computer interfaces and things like that. And on the other hand, a new massive useless class, a class that has no military or economic usefulness, and therefore also no political power. We have now a window of opportunity to create this global reset which we all need. This global reset is necessary because we have seen that our policies which we pursued before the coronavirus struck us, that those policies do not create the necessary inclusion of society necessary for harmonious societal development. And they do not create the sustainability of what we are doing. Just think of the global warming, how fast it is developing in the opposite into the negative direction. So, we have a great opportunity at this moment, like we had after World War II, to have in some way a new beginning in our global cooperation, in globalization, in managing our global affairs. I hope that we will not miss this opportunity. Had enough? You have all these buzzwords. Social entrepreneurs. Now, you might think of that, and the word salad might get you to thinking, well, that sounds nice. But basically, social entrepreneurship is where you use your business and its profits to change culture.
and to use it in a political means to try to bring about an agenda. Now, how many have been disturbed by the fact that big corporations like Anheuser-Busch, Target, they seem to double down when the people rise up and they begin to say, you know, we don't like this. This isn't good for our kids. We don't want this. This is not good. And then they even lose millions of dollars, billions of dollars. But yet they still continue. The reason why is because the WEF has infiltrated all of the major companies and our government officials. And in fact, Klaus Schwab for years has been training young leaders and old ones as well, as we'll see in just a moment, to infiltrate government areas to bring about the world economic agenda, which is basically the agenda of the beast. That's what you're seeing. It sounds good. It sounds intellectual. It sounds deep. And to many people, the words begin to play on their minds to where they begin to see. But we need to understand this, that the knowledge of the tree of good and evil looked good to the eyes and had the potential to make one wise, but yet it brought death into the world. Now we see this current administration double down on things. When we think that there's sufficient pressure for them to change their policies and procedures, it just seems like the next headline is they're doing something to even more bring us into this global reset. Why is that? Because Klaus Schwab has trained people such as Justin Trudeau in Canada, just as various, you saw some of them, some leaders of countries begin to speak forth. Print uh, King Charles now. That's kind of laughable. King Charles now. They're all on the same page. And if you're going to live in an overcoming mindset, you've got to understand the enemy works all sides. The enemy is both on the Democratic side and on the liberal side, on the, on the, he works all sides. You've got to understand that. There's no black and white here. He's in everything. The whole world lies in under the power of the wicked one, the Bible says. And so why is our current administration doubling down, continuing to go forth, even though the popularity level of the leader is tanking, even though the popularity of the the, the party that he's a part of is tanking. Why is that? Because there's something greater at work here. These men and women are willing to sacrifice their own personal popularity, their own status in society, to be able to bring about this global reset. So let's see this next clip, and let's see if you're surprised at who pops up on this. Very honored and pleased to introduce the Honorable Joe Biden, the Vice President of the United States. I'm 
So pleased to see you back here in Davos because I remember before you assumed your position as Vice President of the United States, you came here as a Senator, you came here as the Chairman of the Foreign Relations Committee of the Senate, and I have to say, in my memory, you were one of the most engaged and hardest working participants here at the annual meeting. You've written extensively on the topic that you've asked me to speak to, mastering the fourth industrial revolution. Mm. This fora decide, defines uh, that as uh, change fueled by a digital revolution. So now you see why. Revelation 13, let's turn there. Are you okay? That's why I started off with a light one, a light opener where we could all laugh a little bit. Serious things ahead, guys. The 13th chapter of the book of Revelation, let's look at that together. I'm not going to put it on the screen. I'm going to read it directly from the text. It says in verse number 1, and it says, And I saw a beast, everybody say beast, rising out of the sea. Everybody say sea. When you see the word sea in the Bible, it's in reference to nations of people. So we see that this beast rises up not out of one nation, but out of nations. It rises up out of the sea. And with ten horns, horns represent power and authority, and with seven heads. So it's talking about, you know, again, uh, authority and kingships. With ten diadems on its horns and blasphemous names on its head, and the beast that I saw was like a leopard, its feet were like a bear, and its mouth was like a lion's mouth. And to it, the dragon, who's the dragon? All right, good. I'm glad you got that right. The dragon gave his power and his throne and great authority. One of its heads seemed to have a mortal wound, but its mortal wound was healed, and the whole earth marveled as they followed the beast, and they worshipped the dragon, for he had given his authority to the beast, and they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like the beast, and who can fight against him? And so we're beginning to see through this figurative language what it is. He talks about this beast rising up from the sea, and it's pretty nondescript. It has pieces and compartments of different beasts on it. Now, these beasts correlate with what Daniel prophesied in, you know, when Daniel chapter 4, where he saw the four beasts that were the nations, the kingdoms of this world. He talked about the Babylonian kingdom, which was a lion. He talked about the uh, uh, medial Persian kingdom, which was a bear. And he talked about the, uh, the Grecian kingdom, which was a leopard. And then he talked about the fourth kingdom, which was Rome, which was a nondescript beast. So what we see coming out of the sea is we see a culmination of all of those kingdoms, amassing and amalgaming together to come forth in these last days. And that Satan, knowing that his time is short, is energizing this kingdom. 
And this kingdom doesn't necessarily start from a single nation or a single country. It starts from a group of people amassed from all different countries that are creating this beast system. And that's the reason why you have the diversities of horns and you have the diversities of crowns and the diversities of heads because it's a culmination of various types of people groups coming together to create this system. And what you've seen on display here, and what you're seeing in this, is you're seeing the creation of that. It has been going on for decades. The United States does not play into their plans. The United States must become a third world country for them to be able to create the globalization that they want. That's the reason why they're diminishing the dollar, that they are opening up and causing all kinds of chaos so that they can create an unsustainable economy, an unsustainable populace, so that they can take over the United States of America. They want to create a one world or new world order. That's what they want to do. Now, this isn't new. This is actually found in the 10th and the 11th chapter of the book of Genesis. It's called the Tower of Babel. And the Tower of Babel, you know, you've got to get rid of your flannel graph Christianity. Everybody's got that flannel graph, you know, you put the little tower up. And they were building a tower to heaven. They were doing far more than that. They were creating a one-world system, a one-world religion, irrespective of God. They were trying to bring in the pre-flood world into the modern world. And God put a stop to it by confounding their language and creating countries that had an obstacle of communication. Because God didn't want to flood the earth again. He knew that he couldn't have them all come together and be rebellious against them. He loves us so much and cares for us so much. He didn't want to have to put his hand towards us again. So he created nations and seas to divide us. Now that does not mean that he is into division. That's not, does not mean that he's into segregation. He's not into anything. Because through Jesus Christ being lifted up upon the cross, he has brought all people together. But he doesn't want all people together in rebellion. Do you understand what I'm saying? He doesn't want all people together in rebellion. He wants them all to come together in Christ. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Amen? And so we've got to lift up Jesus in this time. We've got to lift him up. Amen? Now notice this. And it says, and the beast was given a mouth uttering haughty and blasphemous words. Did you hear some haughty and blasphemous words in those clips? Come on now. And it was allowed to exercise authority for 42 months. It opened its mouth to utter blasphemous against God, blaspheming his name and his dwelling. This, that is, those who dwell in heaven. Also, it was allowed to make war on the saints and to conquer them. Now, it's not talking about the time in which we live in today. It's talking about the tribulation time. 
You see, in the, people are saying, well, I'll just wait till the rapture happens. I'll just wait, you know, and then I'll get saved and stuff. Listen, he's given authority over the saints during that time. If you're going to get saved, today's the day. If you're going to get right with God, today's the day. Because you ain't going to be able. Hello. Because I'm telling you, there will be a strong delusion that will be brought upon the populace that will cause people to be even more deceived than they are today. And you think without the church's influence in the world? Think about what this world's going to be like without the church's influence. You see, I don't think the church of Satan has built one hospital, built one orphanage, done anything for the poor. Well, what do you think about when... Hello? He's going to wage war against the saints. And they're already talking about it. They're already speaking these things over and over and over again. Now, notice this. Are we okay? Is everybody all right? Are you following me? All right. It says, and authority was given it over every tribe and people and language and nation. And that's what they desire. They desire to have control over every tribe, nation, and language. And that's the reason why they're exerting their power through government agencies, but also through, you see, um, businesses and companies. They're putting the chokehold on companies to advance their ideals and directives so that you are forced by your habit of economics to participate. Amen? That's the reason why they say in 2030, because that's what they want to do. They want to change the world by 2030. And they say, you will own nothing and you will be happy. In fact, you won't get to go shopping anymore like you do today. The government will create an algorithm that will begin to look at your buying practices and ship you clothes. That's what they've talked about. They've also talked about, guess what? We're not going to have steak anymore because... You know, cows have bovine flatulence. This is serious business that is corrupting the ozone layer and causing big holes. Now, I'm telling you, I've, I've, I've smelled some stuff. And you've got to be pretty potent to put a hole in the ozone layer. But this was talked about back in the 90s. I remember John Denver. How many, thank God I'm a country boy. Remember that? You know, he was in Davos. He wanted everyone to be a vegetarian. Now, that ain't going to ride well in Oklahoma. Plant-based foods, plant-based meats. You start investigating those plant-based meats, they got poisons in them. Hello. Now they're pushing crickets. They want you to eat like a third world country would eat. And the reason why is they want to weaken you. Hello. Come on now. How many times in the Bible did you see in the book of Psalms where it says, Lord, break the teeth of my enemies. How many remember that? Break the teeth of my enemies. Why 
would David want the teeth broken in his enemy's mouth? So they couldn't eat meat. And they couldn't be strong and continue to oppose him. That's exactly what they want you. They don't want you strong enough to be able to oppose them. And if you're eating on a diet of crickets and grasshoppers, you're not going to be very strong. And in fact, if you really want to get, if you really want to get in the transcendental meditation that's coming in, the new um, age, you know, uh, mysticism that is in, it focuses on heavy-duty fasting and veg- vegetarianism, which I'm not against you eating vegetables. If that, you want to eat vegetables, that's wonderful. Eat all the vegetables you want, but don't bring that stanky vegetarianism attitude with you. I have, I, have, I have sat across from people and they will say stuff, are you going to eat that? Don't you know that's going to clog your arteries and you're going to die. You're going to die. I'm just going to eat my little... Hello. You want to eat vegetables? Go for it. Wonderful. I think that's great. Wonderful. But there is an ism attached to vegetarianism. And that ism is a religion. It means that you think you're better than your person who does not participate. Hello. But they will force you to get into a diet that will open you up to spiritual influences. The weaker your flesh is, the more open you are to demonic influence. And that's the reason why you see people that are on drugs, on alcohol, they begin to give doorway to these manifestations because they're weakened in their body. Because guess what? When you do drugs and you drink, you don't eat very good. Amen? You know it to be true. Hello. Some of you are working some of it off today from last night. Amen? Okay. Don't look at me like that. Notice this. So it begins to, you know, this beast comes up and they begin to marvel at the beast. Drop down to verse number 11. It says, then I saw another beast. Oh, we just don't need one. We got another one. We got another beast, and the word another is the Greek word alos, and it means one like the same one before. Okay? But notice this beast. It rises out of the earth. Okay? It had two horns like a lamb, but it spoke like a dragon. So a lot of these objectives that we looked at, where we had... You know, 17 objectives to end poverty, to end pollution, to end all of this stuff. It looks great. It looks like a lamb. But it speaks like a dragon. Hello. It started talking about conservation in in our wildlife and in our fish. And I'm here to tell you what that means is you're going to be dictated to what you can catch... What you can kill and eat and harvest, 
They're going to dictate everything. The crazies are going to be in charge of the nut house. And there's no greater ignorance than educated ignorance. Because they talk this big game, but yet they're devoid of the truth. They worship the creature more than the creator. They worship the earth and they keep talking about this crisis that's going to come. But the Bible says as the earth remains, seed time and harvest. God sustains the earth, not man. And in fact, there's the same amount of glaciers. They've even expanded. And even the hole in the ozone has fixed itself. But they won't tell you that. They won't tell you because it's whatever can be bought. And it's a means of control. I'm here to tell you, friends, the way that these beasts control you is through fear. They want you afraid. The sun. Ah! We used to love the sun. We used to bake our bodies in Crisco. We put Crisco on us. Hello. We used to love outside. But what did they tell you during the pandemic? Don't go outside. Even if you lived where no one was around, don't go outside. Don't get that vitamin D. Don't get that. Come on now. Don't get that. Stay inside. Stay indoors. And keep your television on. And people sit there and just drink that in, you know, Wolf Blitzer and all that, you know, all those guys. Isn't it amazing that most of those guys got fired? Hello. And we just took it in and we took it in and we double masked and we triple masked. And we, I, I, we had people, I mean, wearing trash bags to go to Phelps. Trash bags. I, I, I knew of one person that, there's, that, that, that one of their family members would come home and they would get one of those brushes and they'd brush them with soap. Hello. People were convinced that it was the end-all, be-all of humanity. And it's because they listened to media. Amen? Okay. They had, listen, and they always say this, we're just trying to help you. Since when did we ever trust the government to say they're going to help us? Have you been to the DMV? Have you had to deal with the IRS before? It is chaos. Nobody knows nothing. I think they still use MS-DOS on their computers. Their computer screens still have them green numbers on it. It's ridiculous. And we think we're going to give them billions of dollars to, to, to change climate When it's their stuff that's creating the chaos? See, here's how these things work. They create a problem and have a prescribed solution. 
That's how they create a new normal. And that's what you hear, new normal. Okay? Now I'm going to close with this. because During the uh, Civil War, Lincoln gave what was known as the Emancipation Proclamation, where all of the slaves were free. And he declared them totally emancipated. However, in the southern states, that information didn't get down from the northern states. And so those that held slaves kept a pretty tight lip on this emancipation proclamation because they didn't think that Lincoln would win. So there were tens of thousands of people, perhaps hundreds of thousands of people that were free by declaration but were enslaved by deception. Now, to make it even worse, they created a tier between emancipation and total freedom called manumission. Manumission was where a owner would go to his slave and say, I'm going to set you free. I'm going to give you your freedom. But, but, and that's what they do. We're going to let you go free. We're going to get the restrictions off. But, do you understand? But, and what they say was, but, you can't live within 50 miles of me. You better not marry any of my daughters. And you cannot function or have a job in this capacity. And they put restrictions and limitations. The person wanting and desiring freedom just stepped right into it. But they didn't step into freedom. They stepped in another tier of slavery. And that is what the construction of the new normal is. It's to put increased restrictions on you to where you cry for freedom. And then when you get to your absolute worst, they extend a little bit of release. You step into it not demanding the full freedom but just being happy with the little bit that you've got. And then they create, this is normal. But I'm here to tell you, brother and sister, he or she that is of the Lord is the Lord's free man. Amen. I'm here to tell you, Jesus has liberated you 360 degrees. He has liberated you. He has freed you from something. He has freed you to something. He has freed you for something. And he has freed you of something. 
I'm here to tell you that the freedom that is in Christ Jesus is on the inside of you is greater than any restriction that would ever come against your life. You don't have to live this way. You don't have to listen to the talking head. You don't have to subordinate to that. You can resist through prayer. I'm not asking you to picket line. I'm not asking you to do stupid stuff and take up arms and build yourself a bunker and hunker down. I'm telling you, be the church. Be the ecclesia. Pray. Reach out. See the power of God released in your life. Lay hands on the sick. Cast out devils. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Do what Jesus did. Because there's no entity on the earth like the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's absolutely nothing like it on planet earth. They can dress in their beautiful, high-powered suits. Fly in their airplanes, live in luxury, and have all the money and resources of this world. But they are poor compared to you who are in Christ Jesus. Because when it ends for them, it ends for them. But praise God, we're going from glory to glory to glory to glory to glory. We've got a great future ahead of us. And regardless of whether we're here or we're not, God's got us. Jesus said, no man will take them out of my hand. And it doesn't matter what their threats are and what they say. It doesn't matter. God's got you. He is the cleft of the rock. He is the stronghold we run to. He is the tower that we have. He is our bastion. He is our covering. He is our banner. I was thinking just the other day, because many have lost loved ones in the fight. Karen and I were out, and we had had dinner last night, and I went by an old piece of town that my grandmother and my aunt used to take me. They're not with me anymore, not here. And I remember thinking, Grandma used to live there. My Aunt Helen used to live there. That used to be a place that was a piece of real estate that I thought would never go away. But I'm here to tell you, the Lord began to rise up in me. And he said, there's going to come a day, Mimi, where you're going to say, Roy lives there. And he's never going to leave. They are somewhere where you'll never lose them again. Amen. They're as real, even more real than you are right here. Paint yourself. They're more real than that. They are more real than you can ever imagine. And they're alive. That's what we look forward to. We stop, stop looking at what's going on. I'm just giving you awareness so that you can pray and begin to take dominion. I'm not trying to scare you. There's no reason to be scared. 
God hasn't given you the spirit of fear. That's right. But I'm here to tell you, your loved ones are cheering you on. They're in the grandstands. They're in the grandstands. They're in the grandstands. They're cheering you on, brother. Cheering you on. They're saying, go. Run your race. Do what God's called you to do. Don't listen to CNN. Don't listen to Fox. Don't listen to that stuff anymore. Understand and know that you have been separated and called by God himself. Friday night, Kevin brought a great scripture. It's a scripture that we take for granted. Jesus said this. You didn't choose me. I chose you. That's right. You're here because Jesus chose you to be here. You didn't choose to come here. Jesus brought you here. Jesus brought you to salvation. Jesus brought you to... And guess what? Jesus is going to take you home. That's right. That's right. Now, we haven't even scratched the surface, guys. There's a whole lot more we're going to talk about. I was determined to talk about the days of Noah today, but that's going to be for another time. But I'm here to tell you what they're doing is exactly what the days of Noah was like. Now, most people don't understand what the days of Noah were even like. You're going to find out. And you're going to see how today is just like the days of Noah. The ark was built when Jesus said it is finished. We are the inhabitants of that ark. And soon, there's going to be a deluge. There's going to be wrath that's going to come upon the world. But we're going to be saved from it. We're going to be saved from it. And we're going to be with those that have went on before. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. So it's important. I had a whole lot more clips, but we ran out of time. Amen? If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. The Bible says that Jesus came and he lived a sinless life. And he became our sin. He knew no sin. He became our sin. So that we could have his righteousness. And if you're here today and you've never received the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ, we want to give you an opportunity to do so. I'm going to have ministers that are going to be up here and they're going to be able to pray with you. If you're here today and you say, you know what, I, I, I just haven't been walking with the Lord the way that I should. I just want to recommit my life. Listen, God never gave up on you. Amen? He never gave up on you. But sometimes we don't live a life that is centered around him. Well, if you want to recommit your life to the Lord and center it again, praise God they're here. If you're here and you're born again, you're right with God, but yet you've heard about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and you desire to have power from on high, then praise God they're here to help and assist you with that as well. If you need healing in your body, if you need deliverance in your mind, if you need 
just prayer for a situation in your life and you want someone to agree with you? Or if you just simply want to come to the altars and just pray yourself, which would be the best. But we're here to help. Amen? So they're going to be lined up here at the close of this service. And you just avail yourself to them. They're there to minister to your needs. Do not walk out the same way that you came in. Amen? Hallelujah. Did you get anything out of that today? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Well, we'll continue this next week, and we'll get into the days of Noah. I tell you what, we've got a lot of stuff to cover. You need to pray for me. You need to pray for me. Because you just have to, you know, there's only so much time. Only so much time. Amen? I look forward to seeing you guys at school tomorrow night. If you want to come to Train Bible College, you can come tomorrow night. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll make a way. Amen? Don't let any restriction keep you back. Show up. We'll make a way. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm so grateful for the Romeros coming and blessing us this weekend. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And then, of course, it's, it's wonderful to have our family with us today. We've got Chris and Norma Thomas from Georgia. Hallelujah. We've got all our lovely family here. We've got uh, uh, Mimi is in the house. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> Hallelujah. So we're just grateful to have each and every one of you, and we look forward to seeing you Wednesday night, Ephesians verse by verse. I'm going to get through it. I'm going to get through it. Amen. Hallelujah. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.